Yeah, this is one of my highest priorities. Uh, but I will say, you know, when I came to the State Department, coming from DOD, I said, you know, I'm really security-minded. This is my top priority. Uh, and I got to the State Department, and I realized that's not the way really uh, to operate here. We got a couple cybersecurity with user experience. Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, modernizing decades of technology debt at the State Department and State Department CIO Kelly Fletcher's top priorities in 2024, from zero trust to AI. It's Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. The SEC's account on social media platform X was compromised this week. Bad actors accessed and used the account and shared false information that the regulatory body had approved the trading of exchange-traded funds holding Bitcoin. The social media post caused the price of Bitcoin to jump before SEC Chair Gary Gensler said that the statement was false and was the result of the agency's account being compromised. Since the incident occurred, the agency has come out clarifying that it wasn't the result of some sophisticated targeted breach, but rather due to an unidentified individual obtaining control over a phone number associated with the SEC Gov X account through a third party. In a statement, the SEC added that it had failed to enable two-factor authentication for its account on X, which has become standard good cybersecurity practice and emphasized in the Federal Information Security Management Act. More federal agencies have joined the move to temporarily block or ban ChatGPT and other generative AI tools within their workforce. The Department of Energy and the VA are the latest agencies to confirm that they've banned generative AI tools, at least temporarily, on their systems. A DOE spokesperson told FedScoop the department's decision is supposed to set the foundation for future agency uses of generative AI, adding that the block provided the department's office of the CIO with the opportunity to remind all AI tool users of the existing DOE guidance and policies in place. And the VA confirmed to FedScoop the same week that ChatGPT and similar commercial generative AI services were not available on the agency's network. A VA spokesperson also noted that the agency has had generative AI guidance that prohibits sensitive information from being input into unapproved systems in place since July 2023. FedScoop has been keeping close tabs on how agencies are creating policies around the use of new generative AI tools, and across the board, their approaches have been varied. The U.S. Agency for International Development, for instance, has discouraged employees from entering private data information into public generative AI systems. Meanwhile, the Department of Homeland Security late last year conditionally approved several generative AI tools for use in the agency and set up a process for employee training and approving use cases. You can read more about these stories and much more at fedscoop.com. The State Department has one of the most global mission sets in the federal government, providing IT services at facilities in 190 nations across the world. With that, though, comes decades of technology debt that CIO Kelly Fletcher and her team at State's Bureau of Information Resource Management are working to modernize. Fletcher spoke recently with my colleague Wyatt Cash about that modernization journey, her top priorities in 2024, including things like zero trust in AI, and much, much more. Welcome to our executive interview series on accelerating the mission with artificial intelligence. I'm Wyatt Cash with Scoop News Group, and we're here with Dr. Kelly Fletcher, 
Chief Information Officer for the State Department's Bureau of Information Resource Management. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. And I'd like to start by asking, what are the biggest challenges that you and your agency are facing today to accelerate mission impact across uh, an increasingly uh, cloud ecosystem? That's a great question. Uh, what is really our biggest challenge uh, as we move to the cloud is frankly our biggest challenge overall, which is just decades of technology debt, right? Um, so we have a lot of applications that we're using today that were built a long time ago. Some of those we have hoovered over into the cloud, uh, but certainly they weren't originally designed to be operated in the cloud. Uh, they weren't sort of cloud first. Uh, the other challenge we have is our network. So the way we designed our network made really good sense when we did it. Uh, which is that all of our traffic comes right on back to DC before it goes anywhere else. Uh, and the State Department, very global, we're in 190 countries, so all over the world, uh, it doesn't make sense maybe to go all the way around the world uh, to, to get to your cloud environment. So um, those are two areas where we're seeing some challenges. Um, you know, and I would just highlight too, every time I go overseas, which I just got back from a trip on Friday, and uh, almost every place I went to, they talked about the internet being slow, their connectivity not being as fast as they would like it to be. And some of that's because of local challenges, but honestly, some of that is just because of how we're architected today. So we're really working to modernize our network and then also modernize our applications, which is just anybody who's done it knows it's just a grind, right? You go after one, then you go after the next one. And I'm so happy to have really good partnership across the department. So my organization builds, you know, a plurality of the applications, but certainly not all of them. And so this is a, a whole department effort. And then next, I'd like to ask, um, what priorities is your agency focusing on as you work to comply with the cybersecurity executive orders, such as the president's uh, cybersecurity uh, EO and OMB's zero trust strategy? Yeah, this is one of my highest priorities. Uh, but I will say, you know, when I came to the State Department, coming from DOD, I said, you know, I'm really security minded. This is my top priority. Uh, and I got to the State Department, I realized that's not the way really uh, to operate here. We got a couple cybersecurity with user experience. Um, so we're not going to have initiatives that only fix cybersecurity or only address user experience. We're going to do both at once. And a great example of that, frankly, is end user devices. Uh, having an old end user device um, on my network, it's bad for users and it's bad for security. So let's, let's update those. Um, I'm really happy you mentioned zero trust. So this is the brunt of our effort in cybersecurity. Uh, we're focusing on identity, but like I talked about as well, we're really working on the network modernization portion of that as well. Uh, the thing I like about zero trust and the thing that I feel so thankful to have the leadership I have is that they understand that no longer are we in an environment where uh, the way you win is that no one ever gets in. Like that's not, that's not sort of a, a rational way to think about cybersecurity. The way you win is you identify unauthorized activity and you respond and you remediate and you do that really rapidly. And I am proud of how the State Department has done that recently. And that's because we have you know, a lot of logs and controls on our network we're working to make sure that our security folks and diplomatic security can see all of the network. Uh, and, and we're making this uh, modern progress towards understanding who is doing what, right? Really managing the identity portion of this. 
And then uh, next, I'd like to ask, how do you see um, artificial intelligence impacting your organization's ability to improve security resilience? So I think that AI is going to be included uh, in everything I buy, whether it's cybersecurity or collaboration or productivity. I think that software is just going to include AI. Um, it's really important that we use AI effectively, ethically, responsibly, all of that is true. But I think that I'm already seeing it in some of the products that I'm buying. So in the in the realm of cybersecurity, you know, we have a very uh, complex, very large uh, fabric. Uh, I need AI to help me identify vulnerabilities, right? Like back to basics. We've been doing a lot of work in the cybersecurity domain on cyber hygiene or cyber readiness. And so you can see that sort of as you look at multi-factor authentication, encryption of data. Three years ago, 10% uh, of our applications uh, were meeting those sort of basics. And uh, now we're over 90%. So we're making huge progress, but there are vulnerabilities that AI can help us identify that we don't know about. That's really valuable. Um, we're relying on AI to help us prioritize alerts. So as every defender knows, you get more alerts than you can possibly attend to every day. Uh, and we're prioritizing those partially through AI. Uh, and then as we respond, to cyber attacks, AI will help us. Uh, the one thing I would say is, you know, I have a lot of people with really exquisite skills here, and uh, there's a shortage of those people. So I want AI to augment and sort of be a force multiplier for those groups of individuals. AI is not going to replace these humans. Uh, this is really important work for humans to do. That's a great point. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And then lastly, looking ahead, what AI-based investments, uh, you know, is your agency in general focusing on to also improve mission delivery and or outcomes? Yeah, so here I want to shout out to Matthew Gravis, who is the Chief Data and Artificial Intelligence Officer for the State Department. Uh, under his leadership, you know, obviously he's my partner, we're partners on this. Uh, Secretary Blinken just signed out our department-wide AI strategy. Uh, so I would say, you know, take a look at that uh, for folks who are interested in sort of where we're driving. Where we are today, we actually have some radical transparency in where we are today in that we have an AI inventory and that's available on state.gov and you can Google it. Uh, and I actually started scrolling through it and I was really impressed at, at sort of the, the level of granularity and detail that's in there about what we are doing with AI. Uh, I would say, so I'm really excited about AI for cybersecurity, but also we're using AI for parts of our core mission. Um, so a big part of what we do at the State Department is produce reports on, you know, what is happening where. Uh, these reports are really long, they're really complicated. Um, and what we want to do is use AI, for example, to help folks understand, you know, how the report should be formatted. What are the sections of the report? to use AI to say you gathered all of this information that you plan to put in this report, let us make some recommendations on where you reference different pieces of information that you've gathered. Uh, you know, in the end, I wanna stress a human will write the report, um, but they're gonna do it with AI helping them on some of the administrivia, uh, the stuff that isn't, uh, doesn't require sort of a human mind and human reasoning to work through. So we're really excited about it. Overall, the department is, is really embracing it. Well, Kelly Fletcher, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to uh, share your insights on uh, both uh, how the State Department is working to improve uh, its mission outcomes and use artificial intelligence in the process. So thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you.
You can learn more about the State Department's IT modernization journey at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already read the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll be back next week with brand new episodes. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.